Good morning. Great to have you here today. Our mystery prelude was sponsored by Laura and Marty Val in celebration of Ollie's first birthday. Did anybody get it? Baby Beluga. Yes. Finally, a song people recognize. We uh, welcome to the organ today, uh, Dr. Uh, Nora Duncan, the fourth professor and chair of the Department of Music at Wayne State University. So we're thankful that we have a real organist today. We're taking Easter flowers, and so if you'd like to order some, there are order slips around the building. You'll notice the price went up a little from last year. We have such a large sanctuary that we think we need to go bigger flowers. So just so you understand. Rummage sale, March 10th through the 12th, and you can start dropping items off March 4th, 9th, and 10th. Pathways Group is meeting this Thursday, the 23rd, at 1 o'clock in the town square. Holy Yoga tomorrow at 9.15 and Chair Yoga at 10.15. Reverend Ron Farah, our emeritus pastor, is starting a new Bible study next Sunday on the study of the Holy Spirit. And Earthquake Relief, we're doing an Earthquake Relief collection. We're going to take from our mission dollar, and that's part of what you give. A tenth of every dollar you give goes to the mission. And we're going to match your offerings up to 3,000. And that's going to go to Samaritan's Purse. And the reason we encourage you to do it through the church, you can do it individually, but Samaritan's Purse will inundate you with requests for more giving. So just so you know, great group today. Next Sunday, 20 to 35 uh, friends of church meet in the balcony at 1030 and then a lunch afterwards. Also, this Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. At 7 a.m. in the chapel, we have a very brief service with communion in the imposition of ashes. At 1 and 7, we have worship with communion and the uh, reception of ashes. Also, we have lunch at noon, dinner at 6, and both Mexican theme. And our theme this year for Lent is looking at the evidence for the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The first one for Ash Wednesday, we're looking at outside sources, from the, not from the Bible, that speak about Christ and his death and resurrection. There's Lenten devotions throughout the uh, building. Feel free to pick one up. Also, I didn't tell the other services, but I was getting strange looks at communion. I'm not wearing shoes today, okay? It's no shoe Sunday. I got a little gout acting up, okay? <laughs> Just so you know, I might as well tell everybody. We rise for opening him. story of our 
Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor miserable sinner, confess unto thee all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended thee, and justly deserve thy temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray thee of thy boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you, and in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I assure you, your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Please be seated and invite the children forward for the children's message. be here either, but let's pretend. <laughs> Good, morning. Good morning! Okay, what color is this? Blue. Now, I bet I can make you say the word blue, okay? Okay, so what color is this? Black. What color is this? All right. What color is this? What color is this? What color is this? I told you I could make you say the color green. I told you you would. Yeah, I told you. Ollie? What color? No way. What color? 
Well, what color would that be? Orange. I won. I told you I could say the word orange. Man, you guys are too sharp for me. So today is Transfiguration, and it's always the last Sunday before Lent begins. And during Lent, we don't say during church the word Alleluia, which means praise the Lord. We give that word up all through Lent as we follow Jesus to the cross because we're sad too because he has to go there for us. And so we put away Alleluia just for the season, and then Easter we bring it back out and we shout it and we sing it. So I want to thank you for coming up, and I knew you would say the color green. Yeah. Our Old Testament reading this morning is from Exodus 24, verses 15 through 18. When Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. For six days the cloud covered the mountain, and on the seventh day the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. To the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. Then Moses entered the cloud as he went on up the mountain, and he stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Here ends our Old Testament reading. Our epistle lesson comes from 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 21. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father. When the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. We also have the prophet message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it. As to the light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things, for prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, through though human spoke, from gods as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Here ends our epistle reading. for the reading of the Holy Gospel. Our Holy Gospel reading this morning comes from Matthew 17, verses 1 through 9. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them, 
His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah, talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Here ends our Holy Gospel reading. We'll continue by confessing our faith in the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten His Father before all the worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten and not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate of the Holy Ghost, Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us on the Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of the Father, and he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeded from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the light of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. There was this Jewish man who 
climbed a high mountain. Want to have time in prayer. He lifted up his arms and he said, Oh, Father, help me. My son has converted to Christianity. All of a sudden, it parted the clouds and a deep voice said, You too? Man, what, what nine o'clock was half the size, yet they were much more responsive than you people. You know, the Old Testament is so important for the New Testament, especially the Gospels. The things we hear in the Gospels so often connect to events in the Old Testament. And the Old Testament is a foreshadowing of all the things the New Testament would reveal. As we have today before us, the Mount of the Transfiguration, always the, the last Sunday before Lent begins. It's a time we say farewell to Alleluia. It's a time that we journey with our Lord to the cross. But it's on this mountaintop that a number of great things happen. We're told that a cloud descended upon this mountain. A cloud. Now, you go back to the Old Testament. Often, when God is with his people, there is a cloud. The rabbis came up with a term for it. It's not in Scripture. It's a lot like in the New Testament, we talk about the Trinity. The word Trinity is not in Scripture. It's a Latin term to help define what Scripture says. Three and one, one God and yet three persons. The rabbis came with the word Shekinah. Shekinah. It meant the dwelling or the one who dwells. The Shekinah, uh, Moses talking to the burning bush. The Shekinah, the tabernacle that traveled to the promised land. There was that smoke, that cloud. As they went to the promised land, uh, a cloud by day led them, fire by night. When Solomon dedicates the temple, Shekinah, it is Filled. The temple is filled with smoke or this cloud. Eventually, that presence of God would leave the temple, about 625 years before Jesus arrived. Always connect the Shekinah, this cloud, with glory. Remember, Jesus is fully God, yet he becomes human. He sets aside his glory. And yet, as you learn or hear about the arrival of Christ... We hear about glory. John 1:14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That's Shekinah. We have seen his glory. Think of a cloud, though we don't see a cloud with Jesus until the Mount of the Transfiguration. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. This is the glory of Christ being revealed on this holy mountain. And we must ask, what is the purpose? What is the reason? What is the benefit? It can't be for Elisha and Moses, though they're key people that should be there. Moses obviously represents the law. Elisha represents the prophets. Jesus would say, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Paul would say in Romans, but now apart from the law, 
the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. When God from this cloud says, this is my son, listen to him, he is reminding us Jesus fulfills the law, the commandments. He fulfills all the prophecies of the prophets. Now he is the main character. Is this event for Jesus? Remember, he has to leave this hilltop experience, this mountaintop experience, and go into the valley of the shadow of death. Is it for him? Our gospel lesson started six days later. Six days later from what? Jesus was telling his disciples he must die and rise again. So maybe it's more for the three disciples. But could it be for Jesus? I know he's fully God, but he's fully human. We get that aspect of his humanity in the Garden of Gethsemane. We're told he sweat blood. He's under such pressure, a rare condition called hemohydrosis. Jesus knew what it meant to be afraid, to be scared, to not want to make that journey to the cross. Could it be for him? We're told Moses and Elijah spoke. And what did they speak about? They used the word exodus. Jesus is Exodus. Remember, Moses led Israel out of bondage, out of slavery to the promised land. Jesus, he has an Exodus too. He's going to leave us, lead us out of bondage of sin to the promised land of forgiveness and righteousness. So yes, this event could be for Jesus. But could it be for Peter, James, and John? Even though Jesus tells them not to tell anyone, is Jesus giving this special glimpse of his glory just for them, to help them through the journey, the valley they are now going to travel with Jesus? We heard our epistle lesson. That's from 2 Peter. It's Peter, 35 or so years after the fact of what he witnessed on the mountain. He's writing about it, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came from the majestic glory saying, this is my son whom I love. Is it for Peter, James, and John and what they must now experience? You know, the whole concept of mountaintop experience comes from Scripture. Because so many great things happen at the mountaintop. And now it's just part of how we talk and how we think. What are some of your mountaintop events? Was it when you met that perfect person you loved? Or the day you were engaged? Or the day you were married? Was it finding that perfect dream home and moving in? Was it finding that dream job? I'm still looking for that, by the way. We have our mountaintop experiences. And they're important to take in and receive. For Peter, James, and John, this is to sustain them during the valley of the shadow of death for Christ. It is to encourage them. It is to give them, beyond, give them hope beyond what they are witnessing, the crucifixion of Christ. 
And the same thing with our mountaintop experiences. God wants us to take those in. He wants us to process them. He wants those things to become a part of who we are. Because a valley awaits. And listen, you and I spend a lot more time in the valley than the mountaintop. When Peter says, let's build three boots, he's referring to the Feast of Tabernacles. The Jews had annual feasts called Tabernacles. They would build a makeshift hut or a tabernacle outside and live in it to remind themselves of how God traveled with them in the wilderness. This must have been during the Feast of Tabernacles. And what does Peter do? Jesus, do you want us to set up three tabernacles? One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah? What are we being told? Peter doesn't want this mountaintop experience to end. What's also good news the three recognized Elijah and Moses. They didn't have their Old Testament biblical training cards looking at the pictures. See, 9 o'clock was better. I really want to end the day with 9 o'clock. They recognized who they were, and we recognize one another in all people in heaven. Peter wants this to last, but you and I know mountaintop experiences don't last for long. And that's why it's important to process those things, to keep those things close to your heart. They're there to sustain you. They're there to uphold you. You know, every mountaintop is connected to a valley. You can't have a mountaintop experience without a valley. And all of us walk through the valleys. I'm thinking about Michigan State, the tragedy from a gunman who came from a Christian home. You wonder how evil takes over. Three people murdered, five wounded. The three that were murdered, their services, two were at a Roman Catholic church and one was at a Lutheran. I took comfort. To comfort, I can't imagine the pain of the family and the grief. But I took comfort because this is what the church is all about, preparing us. Preparing us for that day. Preparing us for the tragedy. Preparing us for the unexpected. To know that we are redeemed and saved in the glory of heaven. I feel bad for all the staff, professors, the student body, that leaves a lasting effect. It changes your world forever. We went through COVID and we saw the effect psychologically it had on so many of us. There are still some locked in their homes. The, 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 the body is frail. We are frail people. It's easy to be paralyzed with terror and fear. And this is a time that, that they should feel fear. It's only natural. You feel vulnerable, having to go back to that campus, having to go back to the classes. That's understandable. But eventually, the wound has to become a scar. I was reading uh, something about a therapist who met with a lady who experienced a mass shooting. It was five years ago. And so, at this counseling session, the therapist asked, 
five years before this tragic event, did anything equal that tragedy? She said, no. She said, okay, now it's been five years after that tragic event. Has anything equal that tragedy? She said, no. She wasn't scarred. She was still bleeding. She was stuck. It's so easy to inflate and distort danger. It's a time where you have to process. What does this mean to me? How does it affect me? How does it affect the people around me? How does it affect those families that lost loved ones? It's a time to process and work through, to let the wound that is bleeding heal, but there'll be a scar. You know, I was thinking about our sermon from last week, our conversation about Samson. Samson, he killed a lion with his bare hands, something that could have killed him. I'm sure he was afraid. I'm sure he was scared. Some time passed, and he walked by the carcass of the lion. He heard something. There were bees. He saw the bees. In the carcass, there was honey. He ate it, and it was sweet. It's a great lesson for us to go back to those events that threatened us, that made us afraid, that could have destroyed us, to go back and find something sweet, to find something good, to find something right. What we need to do is overcome evil with good and let love have its way. That takes time. And we think of all those students walking through the valley. We too walk through our valleys. We should not fear. Moses in the Old Testament, when he went up to the mountain, he came down from the mountain and the glory of God was still shining in his face so much that people said, cover your face. Paul picks up on this in 2 Corinthians. He says, and we all who with over unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. Remember, think of the glory, the cloud, the glory cloud, and are being transformed into his image in ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. We are being transformed. We are to make this world a better place. We are to touch lives with the gospel and the message of love and eternity. I never picked up on this before, but in Hebrews 12, oh, I've read it many times, I just never connected it to the glory cloud. Hebrews 12, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, shiknia, there is the cloud, that's God's glory. Who are the cloud of witnesses? The saints who have gone on before, I'm not talking about only just the biblical characters, I'm talking about your loved ones, your parents, your grandparents, maybe somebody at church that touched your life, maybe somebody in that world out there that demonstrated the Christian faith, they touched your life. A great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. What he has is, in his imagination here is an athletic arena. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What was the joy? The nails in the hands, the crown of thorns on his head, 
the spear on his side. No, the joy was what that pain and suffering would bring him, you and I, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Think about those who went before us, who are part of that glory cloud. They have demonstrated and modeled for us the faith in many ways. And maybe they showed us how to live on that mountaintop experience with humility and thankfulness to God. Or maybe more importantly, they showed us how to walk through the valleys of pain and suffering and death. And to know that our greatest mountaintop experience awaits with those who have gone on before. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses it all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We rise to sing the offertory.
transfiguration of your beloved son, you confirm the mysteries of the faith by the testimony of Moses and Elijah. In the voice that came from the bright cloud, you wonderfully foreshadowed our adoption by grace. Mercifully make us co-heirs with the King in his glory and bring us to the fullness of our inheritance in heaven. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Today, we pray for those grieving the loss of loved ones, the family and friends of Jim Brady, and the family and friends of Steve B. We pray for those facing health concerns, Beth Hamada, Andrew Flieger, Joe and Donna, Megan Dilley, Lisa Vauto, Margaret, Terry Hessen, Lindsay Hoekstra, Jill Wycamp, Sue Middledorf, Tony Cornett, Ron Marks, Michael O'Connor, Brian Leahy, Etta Unruh, Izzy Sherman, Janelle Thorne, Jim Zier, Dan Hildebrandt, and Elaine Schultz. We pray for those in hospice care, Joe Hamada, Helen Ataki, and Rosebud Rosselli. We pray for all of those impacted by the earthquake in Turkey and Syria. We pray for peace, comfort, and strength for all those affected by the MSU shooting. Prayers of celebration for Cliff and Linda Clark celebrating their 55 years of marriage. We pray for all those serving in the military, police and firefighters, all world leaders to be receptive to godly counsel. We pray for all the Lutherans in Burkina Faso, West Africa, and for all those suffering from other health concerns. Prayers of thanksgiving today for those celebrating birthdays and anniversaries. Our sanctuary altar flowers placed by Marty and Laura Vowell in celebration of Ollie's first birthday, and our lectern flowers placed by Cliff and Linda Clark. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Oh. 
Our Lord Jesus Christ, the same night which he's betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same matter also, after supper, he took the cup when he had supped, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the remission of sins. This do as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. said that you weren't beautiful and that you didn't belong in your own skin who said that you were all alone and that you're never gonna find love again so many little words so many little lies that have followed you all of your life looking for the truth Look into your eyes and you'll see it's been there the whole time. Oh, even when you were running, even when you were hiding, never been a moment that you were not perfectly loved. When you barely believed it, when your eyes couldn't see it, every single moment you've always been perfectly As the wounds of the world became his See the kindness heaven has for you And how it's always been drawing you in Believe. 
rise. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. Amen. Hallelujah, joy.